They say you have three names. The one you inherit from your family. The one your parents gave you. And the one you make for yourself. So create the brand of you. Find the job you've always dreamed of and make it yours by going to Irish Jobs, Ireland's online recruitment platform. Take control of your career. Visit irishjobs.ie and move up to the next level you. Irish Jobs. Make a name for yourself. It's the encore that trips you up. You forget one small fact, and two months later, the lie pops up and slaps you in the face. It was so with Hazel Master. This is her story. Hazel was spending the night with a friend who was about to be married. And... Will you be one of my bridesmaids, Hazel? Oh, no. Never again. I've been a bridesmaid 11 times and never a bride. And I'm fed up with the routine. I feel like a fool walking down an aisle in front of a bride. Such a one-way street for me. I feel like people are pointing at me and saying, here comes the old perennial. You ought to be getting married yourself right about now. You said it. But there aren't any papers. Well, I wasn't very popular with men until I got engaged to a boy named Craig Winston. I met him on that same weekend last winter. And it was just one of those things. But suddenly, I was engaged. And the moment I had a ring on my finger, every other man started making passes at me. <laughs> I've often wondered why. It was in April that I met Henry Blessing, so I sent Craig's ring back fast. I haven't seen him since we got engaged, but I'll always be grateful to Craig. His ring landed Henry for me. He's so interesting, strange in him, Very strange. Okay, I'll be your bridesmaid. I owe it to you after what you've just done for me. Well, I don't understand, Hazel. I haven't done anything for you. That's what you think. As a matter of fact, darling, you've given me a ray of hope. A great, big, fat ray of hope. I'll start looking for a new job tomorrow. You're talking in circles, darling. Why a new job? It'll be easier in a new company where nobody knows me. What'll be easier? Everything. I think I'll resign this afternoon. Go to one of the agencies before I lose my nerve. So two weeks later, Hazel Masters appeared in a new office. She was wearing a modest diamond on the third finger of her left hand. Her new boss smiled at her. He glanced down at the diamond, and the smile faded. So you're engaged. Same thing. You'll be leaving me to get married any minute, and I'll be hunting for another new secretary. Why, what's the matter, Miss Masters? What have I said? Uh, nothing. I... I won't be leaving you to get married, Mr. Chambers. You needn't worry about that. What do you mean? My... My sweetheart died in a Korean prison camp. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry. Maybe I shouldn't have gone on wearing this ring for so long, but... Well, it is my last link to him. 
I, I carry a clipping from the paper. That's how I got the name. Betty Davis will be back again. But first... There's a lot of old fogies that are my age, but frankly, I've tried to stay young. I tried to keep you are kids. You carry part of your If all of us would try to do that, you'd have more communication between the teenagers than you do now. I'm a great listener of the new uh, folk music that they're coming out with. I like Jimmy Brown. I think it's Jimmy Brown. And the, the, uh, the, I've listened to some of this stuff by the time I get to Phoenix. I think it's actually... I think it's a new one today. I think it's very fun. I don't look at it as a I look at it as entertainment. Some of it is trying to tell a story. And, uh, frankly, some of it I don't understand. to our story with Betty Davis. As she took dictation from her new boss, Hazel Master's brain was in a whirl. Just one week after Angela's wedding, she had found a casualty list on the back of a poem she clipped from a newspaper five years before. She'd chosen Alvin Turner's name at random from that list because it sounded solid and substantial, and because the town in which she lived had been inaccessible. Her thoughts ran zigzag through her head as her fingers made curlicues and dashes. That's the darndest look. Why did I have to pick a boss who's been in Centerfield? Well, thank heaven he doesn't know the turn in. The most narrow escape in my life.
her boss asked if he was going too fast for her. And she said no. And the dictation went on and on. And at last, it was lunchtime. Well, you passed your first test with flying colors, Hazel. You want to celebrate by having lunch with me? Oh, well, I, uh, I've made it a point never to fraternize with the people I work for, Mr. Chambers. And besides, Alvin and I, I'm sure you understand. Well, I do, of course, but I always take a new secretary to lunch on the first day. And incidentally, I'm not married, so there won't be any Mrs. Chambers to get in your hair. And I'm sure that Alvin was a good guy, so, well, I... I do doubt that he'd want you to give up simple things like luncheons with men for the rest of your life. He... he was a good guy. All right, Mr. Chambers, I'd like to go to luncheon with you. For being very kind. So Hazel went to luncheon with Rick Chambers, and she learned that he'd worked his way through college, and that he was an orphan, and that he was anxious to have a home of his own, a wife, and children. And animals, too. A small dog, say a cocker spaniel, and a large dog, say a Dalmatian. And maybe a cat to sit on a footstool and purr. Mm, I like all animals, and I love all children. Alvin and I used to talk about having a big family. You know, it's, uh... It's all right to be faithful to an old love, but a girl like you shouldn't shut herself away from life. Let's skip Alvin, shall we? Let's talk about what we're going to have for dessert. The uh, wife of my dreams is a good cook. She makes the kind of pie crust that melts in your mouth. Are you a good cook, Hazel? Yes. Well, you certainly cut the specifications. And please don't get that faraway look in your eyes. When Hazel had been working on her new job for two months, she knew Alvin Turner intimately. The other secretaries learned about her secret. And men who would never have noticed her in the old days tried to make dates. She grew prettier by the minute, but there were times when the modest engagement ring felt heavy on her hands. Finally, in desperation, she took Angela into her confidence. Well, I'll be done. <laughs> I certainly started a ball rolling, didn't I? Oh, certainly did. Rick would never have looked at me twice, I'm sure, if it hadn't been for the ring on my finger and my tragic story. Oh, but I feel like a beast these days. Oh, for heaven's sake, why? Oh, there are lots of reasons. First and foremost, there may be a girl back in Iowa who's grieving for Alvin Turner. A real girl. Maybe he was married for all I know. He had poor wife grieving for him. And Rick knows Centerfield. He has an aunt there, and he may discover that, that I'm a liar. And then I want to die because... Because you're in love with him? Terribly. And I'm sure he's in love with me. He took me to the theater the other night, and when he brought me home, he wanted to kiss me. But after all my goings on about Alvin, I didn't dare let him do it. For fear he'd think I was callous and cold. Hazel. Hazel, don't cry. Oh, I, I can't help it. I'm all mixed up. The very thing that brought me to risk attention is standing between us. Oh, poor Alvin. Now I'm calling him a thing. 
And I spent so much money buying the ring that I can't even have pretty clothes to wear when Rick takes me out. Oh, life's so darn complicated. I'm at my wit's end. Sometimes fate catches up with a girl. Sometimes the encore to a lie comes swiftly and unexpectedly. One evening, Hazel and Rick had a very serious talk. I've told you a dozen times, Hazel, that Alvin would be glad if he found happiness with another man. If only he could speak, I'm sure he'd give you the go-ahead. Rick, sometimes, sometimes I wish I were dead instead of Alvin. I mean it. I'm not kidding. You poor darling, you are desperate. Well, I'll do something to straighten out this tangle. Believe me, I will. A man can't marry a girl who's engaged to a ghost. It was a week later that Hazel's world exploded. She came to the office one morning, she opened the door, and there was Rick seated at his desk. She asked why he was so early. Because, Hazel, this is a very important day in my life. And in your life, too, I hope. I have a big surprise for you, darling. I... Hope you won't think that I've taken too much on myself, that I've been presumptuous in doing what I did, but... Oh, what did you do? Oh, just a minute. Yes, Francie? Oh, yes, I'll tell him. Rick, there's a lady in the outer office. She wants to see you. Yes, tell her to send the lady in. I've been expecting her. Send her right in, Francie. Oh, I'm a dope. I didn't ask her name. Who is she, Rick? She's the one woman who can help you. Help me. Yes, and... Well, come in. Mr. Chambers? Yes, I'm Rick Chambers, Mrs. Turner. Mrs. Turner? Well, Hazel, sit down. You're as white as a sheet. Well, I shouldn't have sprung it on you this way, but I was afraid you'd run out on me if I prepared you for the meeting. Mrs. Turner, this is the girl who would have been your daughter-in-law if your son had lived. And she's... Just as sweet as you said she was. She's just the sort of a girl my boy would have been happy with for the whole of his life. If he'd been spared. Come here, dear. Let me kiss you. In just a moment, Betty Davis will be back. Do you know when the first state absentee voting law was passed? On November 24, 1896, Vermont passed a law which provided that any person, by showing a certificate, which could vote for any officer at any election booth in Vermont. This law, which recognized the importance of free elections, added another page to your political history. to our story with Betty Davis. A tired old woman in rusty black with deeply circled eyes. She took Hazel in her arms and kissed her, and Hazel hit bottom with a dull thud. The three of them sat in Rick's office and talked for hours. Work hung suspended that morning. As if in a nightmare, 
Hazel heard herself agreeing to monstrous things. I suppose Alvin met you when he was here in New York for that long weekend. Yes. I always knew he'd fall in love quick and for Keith. Only it wasn't for Keith because he's gone. That's right. I suppose you loved him very much. Yes. He was my only child. My husband's dead. There isn't anybody else. I can't understand him wanting to keep you a secret from me. But I suppose you were so new that he didn't want to share you yet a while. I remember when he was a little boy. He'd get a new stamp for his collection and he'd hide it under his pillow so nobody'd see. I guess you were like a new stamp. Oh, that sounds silly now, doesn't it? No, not a bit of it, Mrs. Turner. It sounds perfectly logical. Men and women think differently more than that. But I wish Alvin hadn't kept you a secret. Because if he hadn't, Hazel, we could have been together when the news came. We could have comforted each other. <laughs> oh, let me cry. She's young and she has tears left. I've cried out all of mine. Hazel, dear. You see, Mr. Chambers asked me to come because he said you were mixed up. That your loyalties were confused. He phoned me yesterday and I caught an early morning train from the morning. I drove here from the airport in a taxi. <laughs> Mr. Chambers wanted to meet me, but I wasn't sure what plane I'd catch. So, Hazel... Mr. Chambers loves you. Oh, wait. You didn't say... But I did, darling, in more ways than one. And that's why I came. I know you've been badly hurt, Hazel, but wounds heal in time. And when the wound heals for you, I wouldn't feel you were being disloyal to marry Mr. Chambers. And I know Alvin wouldn't feel it either. I'm speaking for both of us when I say so, my dear. Oh, you're sweet, Mrs. Turner. You're the mother I always longed for. My, my own mother died when I was born, you see. And you're the daughter I always wanted to have. If someday you feel that you care to have a normal life, we won't lose each other. You were my boy's dream come true. You belonged to him first. Anyway, we've lost him, my dear. But we'll never lose each other. A tired old woman. They took her to luncheon, and then they drove her to her hotel. And Hazel tucked her into bed and kissed her, and said she and Rick would be back in time to take her to dinner. And then she went down to the lobby where Rick was waiting. He took her arm in a firm grip. It's going to be all right, darling. Everything's going to be all right. Oh, no, Rick. Everything's going to be all wrong. When we get back to the office, I have something to tell you. And when I told you... And when you told me? You'll never want to see me again. I'm sure of that. And I won't blame you. 
opposite sides of Rick's death, and Hazel told her story from the beginning to the end. And as she told it, she took off the ring she was wearing and slipped it into her jacket pocket. When she finished, I'm not making any excuses, Rick. And I'm not even throwing myself at your mercy. No man in his right mind could love a woman who's, who's done the thing I did. I wanted to tell you the truth first. I'll tell Mrs. Turner tonight. No, you won't. But why not? Hazel, she's lost her only son. She can't afford to lose her only daughter on top of it. It would be too brutal. The, the double blow might be too much for her. But I... I loved you, Hazel, more than I ever have. You wouldn't have made up the lie about Alvin Turner if you hadn't needed a husband as badly as I needed a wife. I firmly believe it was destiny that brought us together. Rick, do you mean what you just said? Every word of it. And I know that you'll never tell another lie as long as you live. Except. Except? Except to Mrs. Turner. And you must go on lying to her for as long as she lives. After we're married, you'll fly out to Iowa to see her every so often, and she'll come to visit us. I'm an orphan, too, remember? I can use a mother. And our first son, if we're lucky enough to have one, will be named Alvin. And then she'll feel that she has a grandson. I don't know what to say. There's only one thing to say, Hazel. And that's yes, when I ask you to marry me. And you better be prepared, because I'm going to ask you in just ten seconds. I'm prepared. But here's something else. I won't give you another ring for a long, long while. Well, the time has come, Hazel. The ten seconds are up. Darling, will you marry me? Percussion. Don't think that the story I've just told you is the average story of a lie, and don't think that nobody was hurt. Hazel will suffer through her whole life every time she talks to Alvin's mother about the son who has gone on ahead. Angela, who asked Hazel to be her bridesmaid and started the ball of deceit rolling, was divinely happy when she married her man. But at the end of their first marriage year, the family was increased by one member. But the new member of their family was faster moving than a baby. It was a small car, red, with white wall tires, and it almost carried them beyond the boundaries of their marriage. I'll tell you the story of this strange triangle. Until then, this is Benny Davis saying goodbye from the Whispering Street. Today's program was written by Margaret E. Sangster. Featured in the cast were Barbara Eiler, Olin Soleil, Lorene Tuttle, and Gloria Grant.
Whispering Streets was directed by Gordon T. Hughes and produced by Ted Lloyd. Your announcer is Bud Sue. Whispering Streets has come to you through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.